Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I'm happy to introduce my guest, Ari Cohen. He's the Vice President of Operations with Dixie Brands. Dixie Brands, also known as Dixie Elixirs, is a Colorado-based producer known for their infused beverages, edible products, tinctures, topicals, and so on. Welcome to the show, Ari. Thank you for having me on, Bethany. Absolutely. So let's get to know you a little bit better before we hop into all things cannabis. Tell us more about your background and what kinds of experiences you had before you find yourself serving the cannabis industry. So I come to the industry with a uh, food background. I'm a classically trained uh, chef. I went to the French Culinary Institute in New York City and spent 10 plus years working in fine dining in New York. Uh, That culminated in a position as a corporate chef in a company that I helped grow from uh, five restaurants to 220 globally in 19 countries with uh, six production uh, commissaries around the world. Uh, After that, I kind of left to go do something else amazing and joined an airport group, spent some time in the airport world in New York uh, with OTG management, a leader in the the space, uh, and then ran a, a bakery group and did a lot of different consulting for different food and beverage uh, brands, mostly New York, but some global brands as well. Um, spent some, a lot of time working internationally, um, Israel, uh, Belgium, France, Mexico City, Turkey, Japan, England, a bunch of different countries. So coming into the industry with a bunch of uh, food experience and global experience. Yeah, that sounds great. Getting a chance to be jet set all around the world and and enjoy all the most delicious food the world has to offer sounds amazing. Yeah, it was fun. Good training for what I'm doing now, for sure. Great. Yeah. So that brings me to the question of what what made you make the leap into the cannabis industry? Some people have uh, an inspirational moment or light bulb moment or a passion. 
what's yours? How, how did you get involved? I actually, I think I saw the restaurant industry change, changing over the years, uh, not necessarily for the better, um, especially on the side that I was in, in fine dining and fine food. Uh, it seemed to be a rush to the bottom and quick service food, um, which wasn't really my style as much. Um, there was a life change point where my wife and I decided we didn't want to live on the East Coast anymore. We had been um, East Coast residents for over 40 years right outside Manhattan and uh, decided we really didn't want to live anymore. We actually really wanted to live in Colorado uh, for the outdoor lifestyle. We're both avid skiers and snowboarders. I wanted that lifestyle for our young daughter. So we decided to move out to Colorado. I was doing some consulting at the time and um, came out here, was kind of looking at the hospitality industry and the cannabis industry at the same time. Had a close friend that was in the industry in Oregon uh, and just, you know, kind of advised me to stick with what I know. And I connected with some people here in the industry. Um, some people welcomed me with some open arms and, and also advised me to just stick with what I know um, and, and kind of share my expertise with the brands here. And it and that's what I did. I networked into the industry around the same time I was looking at hospitality. And I think there just came a day where I decided, you know what, I'm not really interested in the hospitality industry anymore. I'm going to focus on the cannabis industry. And within, uh, I think it was within a week, I landed at Dixie Brands. So, nice. That's that. a great story. And yeah. I can totally relate to needing to escape from the East Coast after, after too long <laughs> being from the DC area and uh, moving here to Colorado about a little over five years ago. It yeah. is, it, it's a breath of fresh air. <laughs> it is. It's been a great two years for us. That's about as long as we've been here now, a little bit over two years. And it's been awesome. We truly love it here and call Denver and Colorado home. So. That's great. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we had a really good snow season this last winter from what I understand. I don't personally ski or snowboard, but that's what I hear. <laughs> it's been great. I've been able to start in October and hoping to end again this year in June or July. We'll see how oh, it goes. Oh yeah. That's yeah. wild. Yep. Uh, all right. So, all right. So now you're the vice president of operations at Dixie Brands. Uh, let's learn more about your role and your day to day and, and what the company up to cool so i lead the day-to-day -day operations here in colorado and then our our uh, global scaling um for our cannabis brands um so i have our production facility here that i kind of oversee those operations and uh, lead the team um in logistics and production and warehousing and science i'm also responsible for purchasing and, and kind of overall people uh that's kind of been my role a uh, big part of what we've been focused on now is us uh, expanding into new states we just launched um, a couple of days ago in Michigan with product for sale. We actually have product uh, sold today for the first time in Michigan. So Yay, Michigan! Thank you very Woo! much. Thank you. Spent a, a couple, some days in Michigan over the last couple of months. Uh, it's been a great time. We have a great team there. Um, and really exciting to be launching Michigan. We have focus on uh, Canada, a couple of states I'm not allowed to talk about right now, but we also have a huge <laughs> focus right now in uh, California and mm -hmm. growing our brand there and building inventory and, and selling there. So we just won uh, best uh, beverage in California with the High Times Dope Cup for our fruit punch, uh, which is uh, one of our core product categories and elixirs. So that was a big win for us, for us to almost a nine-year-old company and still winning on our core flagship products awards is really great. It's a great feeling for all of us here. So we definitely celebrated that when we heard about it the last couple of days. 
Yeah, that's great. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. H how big is the company now? Uh, you know, like 100 people? We're, we're getting close to 100. We're, yeah. we're 70 plus here at the uh, production facility and in our corporate offices. And then we have our two CBD brands. Um, so there's a handful of more people there, but we're getting close to uh, 100 and we're busting at the seams here and looking for new corporate offices in Denver. Yep. Yep. We can relate. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. And Michigan is so exciting. I got to spend some time there recently uh, as NCIA teamed up with the Michigan Cannabis Industry Association and held an event here in late March uh, in Lansing and got to meet. Oh, that event was great. It was, it was a little extra special because they were celebrating uh, all the progress they've been making. Uh, so there was over 400 people in that room. It was wow. really wild and everyone is just so excited and proud, but also nervous as they should be um, sure. as, as they wait for regulations to get written and decided upon. And, and there's just so much, it's so exciting because Michigan is what the second largest market behind California. Uh, it's a big state up there. People people don't realize how big that state is and how, how many people live in that state. So there's a huge market opportunity up oh, there. Definitely. Is. I think there's over 300,000 medical patient, patients in Michigan, which makes it the largest medical state, I think, after California, if not yeah. equal to it with the medical count. Yeah, right. That's and, very and exciting. Sure. And Michigan's uh, still going through some growing pains with the medical program as they transition from the caregiver model. Uh, so some dispensaries that have been there for almost a decade are still waiting for their medical license and they have this threat of being shut down. And, and so there's still a lot of uh, unknowns happening, but I think the long term is very exciting, very uh, inspirational for people that have been in this movement for a long time. And, and uh, it's pretty exciting to see what I think I've said exciting like 10 times now, because it is, it's super exciting. So oh, we'll it totally see, is. We'll yeah. see, we'll see where Michigan's at, you know, a year from now after all the regs are written and rolled out and uh, oh, it's going to be wonderful. So congrats again to Michigan and and uh, and everyone that was involved in the, in the campaign there too to change the laws really really good yeah oh well so uh, but most of the business for Dixie uh, originated here in the state of Colorado in uh, Denver is that right that's correct yeah we started here in Colorado over just about nine years ago we're about a month away from our nine year anniversary. Um, which we'll be celebrating um, here in Denver. And yeah, that's a, that's a big win for us. We've, you know, scaled here in Colorado and now we're taking what we've learned here and, and our expertise and bringing it to other states. It's It's been actually really great to walk into, you know, a dispensary in Michigan or in California and be embraced uh, by the local staff and the ownership uh, as a Colorado brand coming into their state is you, you wonder if there's going to be any pushback from coming from out of state, but there really hasn't been. We're, we're definitely warmly welcomed everywhere we go, which is really great. Re people are very excited that we're entering their states with our products and they're aware of us. And uh, it's really great. Very awesome. Yeah, yeah. Name recognition goes a long way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take uh, our first commercial break here and then we'll be right back to chat more with Ari Cohen of Dixie Brands. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. 
cannabis industry professionals. Want to gain some new leads and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's Cannabis Caucus are coming this month to San Francisco, Los Angeles, Denver, Lansing, Michigan, and Philadelphia. Register today using promo code CANNABISRADIO20 to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout north america and ask for the original fabric container find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com educate empower and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry join thousands of industry professionals on august 3rd and 4th in miami florida for the return of the u.s cannabis conference and expo register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com that's usccexpo.com get informed get inspired and get connected with more of ncia's cannabis industry voice only on cannabisradio.com all right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany, and we've been speaking with Ari Cohen, who's the Vice President of Operations with Dixie Brands. Uh, so as you were saying, Dixie began about 10 years ago, probably as a smaller operation than it is now, um, and has since expanded exponentially, and it's in almost every dispensary in Colorado. Um, so that means a lot of fast scaling up and hiring a lot of people. I think you said uh, you're bursting at the seams <laughs> uh, just to accommodate your growth. Can you talk more broadly about that rapid expansion and what it's like internally? Sure. So as a, you know, as a public company, um, we're, we're scaling rapidly in accounting, just in our corporate side, in basically every department to support the growth that we're having in different states and globally. We have uh, international agreements in Latin America and Canada currently uh, that have been announced. Um, so that requires a lot more people to get involved with it. We recently brought on a GM of Latin American operations. Um, so there's a lot of that on the corporate side. And then in each of the different states, uh, we're hiring people. I brought someone on in California as an operations manager that kind of oversees our operations. Uh, and basically in each state, we have a similar model in Michigan. We have an, a production manager that oversees our operations. Um, and then there's the, the the support team that supports this growth and the scaling, um, which we call our travel team. And that covers kind of compliance, science, and production. And we have a you know fast deployment teams that could deploy to any state, uh, new states or current states that we're operating in, uh, do training, launch new categories, new SKUs. We have a team right now of four people that are in Michigan for a couple of weeks and we'll, we'll, we'll be there probably every week with a team of people from Colorado for the next probably three months. Um, and then, you know, as we expand into new states, that team will grow and 
kind of double in size as we, we expand. So there's been a lot of growing in the different departments and then supporting us here in Colorado. Our production, our sales have continued to grow and our penetration into stores here in Colorado continues to grow. So, you know, whether it's expanding in production or sales or, or the compliance side of it, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Um, do you find that in the earlier years, people were wearing more hats, so to speak, and now uh, the team is specializing and positions are becoming very focused? I think so, more and more. And that happened to me in the corporate chef world, running a restaurant group was very similar. You come in, it's very uh, startup focused and entrepreneurial. And I think when I started there, the corporate office was three people and I was number three. And when I left, there were 120. Uh, Here I joined the group. Yeah. And here I joined, I don't know what number I was probably in the fifties or sixties and now we're closer to sixties two years ago. And now we're close to a hundred. So there's a lot, a lot of like, I'm able to take some hats off and put them on other people. And, you know, it's great for me. That's one of the things I enjoy about this is watching people grow. Um, I used to get a lot of joy, people watching people uh, enjoy food that I had a hand in making. And now I get a lot of joy in uh, watching the people that uh, work with me and for me kind of develop themselves and develop under my guidance. So that's, that's a huge part of it for me. Yeah, that's nice. That is nice to see. That's great. Um, So, yeah, you mentioned there's some similarities to your experience in the restaurant industry before you joined the Dixie team, uh, where restaurants are launching brand new restaurants, startup, basically, and then becoming successful and expanding and scaling up uh, and multiplying. (laughs) So uh, let's let's talk more about. Um, how your skills that were gained in the restaurant industry in that sector are directly helping your position at Dixie do do the same thing. What's what's similar and what's not similar about about those two different worlds? Well, I mean, the main thing, the elephant in the room is what we're doing is currently federally legal. So that's a little bit different um, than what we were doing previously. So that's probably the big difference, I think. For us as an edibles company, we're producing foods. Um, I was heavily involved in retail before we're not vertically integrated into retail. So I don't have that side of it as much. There's a little difference there. But really, I've taken a lot of the skill sets that I developed over the years there and employing them here, whether it's diplomatic skills and dealing with our partners or with the regulators, um, the scaling skills in the sense of putting together these deployment teams and seeing the, you know, the abilities in our team members that are here in Colorado to be able to travel nationally and internationally and support uh, scaling and growth, watching them develop up has been a big part of it. Putting that structure in place um, that allows for scalability as far as ensuring quality and consistency and compliance with regulations. That's a huge part of it. And was heavily involved in that in the the restaurant world and bakery world. Um, So bringing that to bear here, and cannabis is very similar. You know, the, the main thing that I guess carries over and everything is just, it's people, right? I'm dealing with people, whether we're, we're selling cannabis or we're selling sandwiches or baked goods, it's kind of the same. Mm. Um, it's really in interrelations with people. And I, I tend to navigate that well and put a lot of value um, and invest a lot of time into our people. And that's the most important part to me. Um, without our people sitting in Michigan right now or working out in California or even here back in the, the facility here in Colorado, we, won't, we wouldn't be as successful as we were. I think it's our people, it's our team on the, on the executive and the management and all the way down to the production side that really makes us successful. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, and that's good advice for sure. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm guessing in the in the restaurant industry, there's not as much of a need to go deal with regulators quite as much, just because, like you said, there's there's not really an Ill, there's no illegal sandwiches out there that I'm aware of. Correct. <laughs> right. It's, Got it. There's some, and I, I actually uh, had a lot of experience. The restaurant group that I that I started out with um, as a corporate chef, uh, we we were the first restaurant group to become certified organic and have our our production commissary certified organic. So we had to navigate some of those regulations. I had a, a stint as a, a CEO of a gluten-free and dairy-free and kosher bakery. So I had to deal with gluten-free, dairy-free and kosher uh, regulatory um, rules and, and just the inspections and things like that. And I think the the largest uh, touch on on the, on the compliance side was really at the airport space where we were operating in New York airports and we had to deal with multiple auditing groups of the Port Authority and the TSA, mm. and Delta Airlines and our own internal uh, auditing teams and our external auditing teams and regular rules in the airport were really difficult, almost as difficult as the cannabis industry to navigate in some ways mm. and changing. Um, so that was a, that was, there's some comparability there. Um, it actually my, made me fall right into it. I think when you come from it with uh, some background in food, dealing with health departments, dealing with whether it's organics or other things, it sets you up for success in this industry, having that compliance background. I think people that are coming from the food world and from the pharmaceutical world are more set up for success in this industry than some others probably. Yeah. 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 Well, as long as we're keeping compliance, not only in our minds, but as a priority, I think uh, mm -hmm. we're headed in the right direction for cannabis. So um, what is some other advice you might have for a smaller company that is currently facing the exciting but complicated need to scale their business pretty quickly? Any specific things come to mind? Maybe, maybe your top three pieces of advice? Sure. I think, you know, one of the biggest things um, I think about always is the devil is in the details or actually the way I said is the success is in the details. If you really want to be successful, you have to really dive into all the details. Mm. Um, everybody's in a big rush to get to market and get their products out and, you know, generate revenue. But as fast as you want to go and as I bring a big sense of urgency from the East Coast, but I also very focused. My number two thing would be probably slowing down. People need to slow down, really uh, take stock of what they're doing. Um, really focus in on those details and that'll set you up for success. You can still come with urgency and speed, but you got to come at it properly. Um, and then maybe the third thing that we touched on a minute ago is compliance. I think that's one of the most important things to have a, an eye on and a focus. It can, can make or break you. It can put you out of business overnight. It can cost you sales, force reverse logistics, all kinds of issues for yourself. Um, really hurt you really bad if you're not on top of compliance. We, we have a really strong compliance department in our company and strong leadership in the compliance uh, world here. And we also look to outside sources to help us with that. So it's, it's one of our top things that we focus on here. And I think over the years has made us successful is our focus on compliance. Yep, great advice. Uh, there's, there's no stone unturned in compliance, I think, that um, folks shouldn't, you know, pay attention to. So yes, sure. gr great advice. Um, okay. Yeah. So we're about to take our last commercial break here, um, but we'll come back and talk more with Ari Cohen from Dixie Brands. So stay tuned. We will be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Cannabis Industry Professionals. 
Want to gain some new leads? Make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Register today using promo code CANNABISRADIO20 to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put different celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. This is your host, Bethany, and we're chatting with Ari Cohen from Dixie Brands, who has been a member of NCIA, Dixie Brands at least, for uh, several years, uh, definitely an early member of NCIA. You've been a sustaining level member of NCIA for many years as well. What's your experience being a member of NCIA? Basically, the membership is the company, and then everyone who works for Dixie is, uh, by, by default, uh, able to participate in NCIA's activities, events, content opportunities, and so on. What's your experience been like coming to our events and interacting with NCIA as, as a national association? Sure. Um, one of my mentors in the industry actually uh, sits on the board there, uh, Christy Lunsford. She actually welcomed me with op- open arms before I um, came to Colorado and introduced me to people in the industry and, uh, and is definitely a core mentor for me in the industry and just as a, as a person too. Uh, here in Colorado, she's been a great supporter of myself. So that's one connection I have with the NCIA. But more than that, I've been, I've, I've been trying to attend um, your NCIA quarterly caucuses as often as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first, I, I think, um, events that I attended here in Colorado was uh, the Seat to Sale event that you guys do, the NCIA mm-hmm. event. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I try to get up to those quarterly caucuses. I've been to a couple here in Denver and in Boulder. Um, I've learned a lot from them. I've also, for me, it's been an opportunity to uh, network in the industry, being new to the state of Colorado and new to the industry. Attending your events has allowed me to not just make colleagues in the industry, but also make some friends uh, in the industry as well. 
Um, so that's been great. Some of the people I've met at some of your first events have remained close friends of mine for my two years in the industry so far. Um, I've learned a lot, especially uh, as I was first joining the industry. I think right before I started at Dixie, I attended a seat to sale here in Colorado, um, really attended all the seminars uh, for me that was um, a quick learn for me. I was able to learn a lot about the industry and different realms of it that interested me um, much quicker than I would have if I tried to set out on myself. So I think for anybody new to the industry, um, going to the seed to sell shows, uh, going to the seminars, going to events, it's, it's educational experience um, that's invaluable for anybody, whether you're seasoned in the industry or, or you're new to the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. We, we do a, I think a really good job of vetting our speakers. We have a proposal submission period several months in advance of each of our national conferences and our, our member driven committees also help us grade those proposals and help us fill those seats on the panels. Uh, so hopefully um, everyone is feeling the same as you and, and really hearing from experts with a lot of insight and perspective that they wouldn't be able to get on their own. Um, and yeah, we had the seed to sale show in Denver uh, for the first couple years. And then just uh, earlier this year, we moved it to Boston because another state that's uh, on its way to really great legalization is Massachusetts. So um, we, we got to head out to Boston and, and meet a different group of individuals who are about to launch or launching their cannabis companies on the East Coast. So that was super exciting as well. Um, and, and you mentioned our cannabis caucus events, um, as well as our industry socials. Those are the, the nice little evening networking events, you know, two, three hours. With the cannabis caucus events, we give a federal policy update, and we typically have a guest speaker that's a regulator or from uh, from the office of the member of Congress uh, to get to get their insight uh, from their perspective as well. So those are great. And of course, our industry socials are similar, but we decided to uh, change it up. Uh, it's a little bit different from the caucus. It's a new type of event we launched this year. The, the industry socials are a little bit more fun. Uh, we have giant Jenga, giant Connect Four, retro video games. Um, so these are all great ways to connect uh, with your industry peers, get informed, get inspired, and make friends. You're absolutely right. I I actually had to start making non-cannabis industry friends in the last couple years, um, just trying to <laughs> trying to diversify my friend group. Um, so thanks again for attending our events, and we'll continue to hold our. Oh, I love them. Yeah, yeah, we'll be yeah, in De De Denver and Boulder throughout the year. And one more thing I want to mention before we uh, wrap up the show, if you're a member of NCIA, I implore you to start making plans to join us in Washington, D.C., May 22nd, 23rd for our ninth annual Lobby Days. It is so important to show up and talk to lawmakers Tell them your story, tell them about your struggles and challenges, and show them that we are a legitimate, responsible, professional cannabis industry. So hope to see some folks from Dixie in Washington, D.C. as well. For information about that, go to thecannabisindustry.org slash lobbydays2019. 
So thanks again for joining us on the show, Ari. Hope to see you in D.C. here in just a just a few weeks, couple, less than a couple months now. Wow, time flies, um, where we can make some more progress on Capitol Hill at the federal level. Thanks um, for having me, Bethany. Absolutely. And for it. people that want more information about Dixie, what's the best website for them to log on to? DixieElixirs.com. Lovely. All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. 